Our text this evening will be read from the the book of Luke, uh, chapter 2, verses 8 through 11. That's Luke 2, verses 8 through 11. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone around about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. We always like to receive good news. I think sometimes we may be more custom in receiving bad news. But we like good news, but we do get a lot of bad news also. We see here that the uh, angels brought good news to the shepherds. You know, I was thinking during these holidays, we spent a lot of time preparing. Starting at Thanksgiving and, and then, of course, through Christmas, they spent a lot of people spent a lot of time at church preparing in many different forms. But we prepare. We spent a lot of time. Why? Because we want to make it perfect. At our house, Ezra already started about two weeks before um, Thanksgiving, decorating our house for Christmas. So our house already is completely prepared for Christmas. The tree's been up for a long time already. As a kid, I remember we had a, a calendar that would help to keep track of how many days till it was till Christmas. At our house, we have these wood blocks that has numbers on them. And Ezra already started about 20 days ago with the countdown. And many mornings, he'll, he'll ask me to look and see how many more days till Christmas so he can reset those blocks because he's counting down till Christmas. I remember one year, we waited a, a long time before we got a Christmas tree. It was actually Christmas Eve, and we still did not have a tree up. So my dad decided... He grabbed his chainsaw out of the garage. He went outside and he cut a tree down in the front yard. It wasn't the type of tree you would generally use as a Christmas tree. It worked as a, a Christmas tree. You might think that we, we lived on a farm, but we did not. We just lived in a neighborhood. And this was one of the trees that was in front of the house. He, he had complained about that tree for a while. So I guess on Christmas Eve, he decided to use that as our Christmas tree. You know, there are those who prepare and there are those who do not prepare. We want to make sure our hearts are prepared when the Lord comes. There was those who were anticipating the birth of Christ and there was those who did not. We want to make sure that we prepare our parts. We want to make sure that we're anticipating the second coming 
of Christ. The question could easily be asked, why did God go to the shepherds first? Or why did the angels appear to the shepherds first? The Christmas story that we read here in Luke takes us from a a manger to the field where the shepherds were greeted by a heavenly host of angels, letting them know not to be afraid, but I bring you good tidings of great joy. They were bringing them wonderful news. But this wonderful news was first announced to the shepherds. Who would we, if we had good news, who would we go to to announce our good news? You would probably tell those who are the closest to you or maybe one of those who had earned your trust. We know that bad news travels a lot faster than good news. But God had the best news at this point that the world had ever heard. He could have easily, when it brought this news to important religious people, but he brought it first to the shepherds. After the angels had left the shepherds, it says they went to Bethlehem to see Mary and Joseph and baby Jesus. And as they saw Jesus lying there in the manger, the shepherds went and told everybody what had happened and what they had seen. But we have to realize here the shepherds had no power and no influence. And we don't even hear that they brought any gifts at all to baby Jesus. But God entrusted them with that news. I think one reason why God appeared to the shepherds first or had them bring this good news is because they were humble. They had humility upon their heart. But another reason I think God came to them first is because they did not harbor pride. Lately in Sunday school, we've been studying in the Old Testament about the old prophets and about the the children of Israel and where their hearts were at. And one of the, the biggest issues that we see with the children of Israel or one of the things that the the prophets would warn them about was pride. You know, pride divides us. God doesn't like pride. And we don't want to have pride in our lives. You know, there's almost 200 different denominations in the U.S. alone. And it says there's almost 45,000 denominations globally. This was never God's intention. God wants us to be a united people and as one. But because of pride, often people divide. You know, I will often say there are what we might say outward sins, and there might be what we call inward sins. I guess you would say maybe pride is an inward sin. It's kind of like a virus. You can't see it, but we can truly see the effects of pride. You know, somebody that had a a lot of pride at that time were the Pharisees. We know they were the religious people of those days. 
Why did Jesus rebuke the Pharisees so harshly? And we can read that in Matthew chapter 23. One of the definitions of pride is truly feeling better than others. And we know that the Pharisees felt that way. We read in Matthew 23, 3, All therefore, whatsoever they bid you observe, that observe and do, but do not ye after their works, for they say and do not. Jesus here is letting the crowds and his disciples basically telling, do not follow their example, because they do not practice what they teach. We want to make sure that we practice what we teach. Jesus also let them know in verse 11, but he that is greatest among you shall be your servant. You know, I think a shepherd has a servant heart. Jesus in uh, chapter 23 also uses the word hypocrite. The meaning of, the meaning of hip- hypocrisy is the belief in something by acting contrary to it. The second way to define it is looking down at others. And we know that the Pharisees looked down at others. I don't believe that the shepherds were looking down at anyone else. I want to make sure that we have a shepherd's heart. You know, we also can find in Hebrews 13, 20, where the Lord Jesus is referred to the great shepherd. We want to have a shepherd's heart. You know, the image of a shepherd is used throughout the Old Testament and also is used out throughout the New Testament. There is no better way to describe the love of Christ than as the good shepherd. The God in the Old Testament is often pictured as a shepherd and his people as his flock. We read in Exodus 3.1, Now Moses kept the flock. Moses was chosen by God to lead the children of Israel out of bondage. Think about that. One of the most important peoples in the Bible, Moses, was a shepherd. We also read in the book of Psalm, uses the term shepherd a lot. In Psalms 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And we know that David wrote a lot of the Psalms, and we know that he also was a shepherd. We see in Isaiah 40, 11, we read, He shall feed his flock like a shepherd. He shall gather the lambs with his arms and carry them in his bosom, and shall gently lead those that are with his young. Jesus is our good shepherd who was willing to risk his own life and to seek and to save lost souls. We want to be that good shepherd. We also see in Luke 15, 4, what man of you having a hundred sheep, if we lose one of them, does not leave the 99 in the wilderness and go after that which is lost until we find it. And we also read in 1 Peter 2, 25, for we as sheep going astray, but are now returned unto the shepherds and bishops as your soul. Jesus is the shepherd and the guardian of our soul. We can see the importance here of being that good shepherd and having a a type of life that represents the shepherd type of life. But you know what I also mentioned earlier, that we need to be the ready for the second coming of the Lord. We know that Jesus is truly coming again. You know, we see the story of the ten virgins, We know that there was five wise, and we know there was five that were foolish. We know that the foolish did not take enough oil for their lamps. But we also know the wise took enough oil for their lamps. 
It says that when the bridegroom did not come, they all became tired and they fell asleep. And it says at midnight, there was a shout and a cry that the bridegroom had cometh. And it said, go out and meet him. The wise and the foolish arose. But the wise at that point or the foolish at that point realized they had no oil and their lamps had gone out and they had asked the wise if they could use some of their oil. We know that the wise response was to go to the store and to buy oil because we do not have enough of our own oil for you. It says while the foolish was at the store buying the oil, the lamps for their lamps, the bridegroom come, and we know that the door was locked. The door was shut. And only those that were ready got to go into the marriage feast. We want to make sure that our lamps are trim and burning. We want to make sure our hearts are in the right place. It says in Matthew twenty-five thirteen, Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour the Son of Man cometh. That means we always need to be ready. That means we need to have our hearts always prepared. That means wherever we're at in our life, we need to be ready. We need to have our lamps trimmed and burning for the Lord and have plenty of oil. You know, there was those who did not take advantage of Jesus coming the first time. But we want to be ready for the second coming of the Lord. You know, I saying being ready or being on time I remember this. I, I kind of learned this when I, uh, I married. My wife is Romanian. And my very first trip I ever went to Romania, I remember the, the first day we got there, we were heading towards a church service. And I looked at my watch, and I noticed we were going to be 20 minutes or 30 minutes late to that church service. And I realized that nobody was too worried about that. And I realized there was such a thing as called Romanian time, and there was something called American time. And they were not worried about being late at all. I know Americans often, we like to be on time. But you know, when there is going to be a day where it's going to be important to be on time. And that is when that trumpet sounds, it's going to be too late. Another example of this, as a kid, we would go to my dad's uh, brother's house for uh, Christmas Eve, and um, she would, his wife would generally wouldn't even start dinner till we got there. So usually it was hours later till we ate. You know, my my sister is the completely the opposite. When she says we're eating at six o'clock, you better be there at six o'clock because that's the time we're going to eat. You know, there is going to be a day that you know it's okay to procrastinate on certain things. It's okay to be late on certain things probably at times, but there will be a day we do not want to be late. We want to make sure that we're ready and our hearts are in the right place. You know, it, it, there's a song, What a Day That Will Be. And we know that was written by Jim Hill in, in 1955. But I just want to read a few of the words. It says, what a day that will be. It says, when my Jesus I shall see. When I look upon his face, the one who saved me by his grace, when he takes me by the hand and leads me through the promised land. What a day, what a glorious day that will be. Oh, what a glorious day that will be when that trumpet sounds 
and we get to walk with our Christ, it truly he will take us by the hand, and I believe he will lead us through that promised land. You know, the, the shepherd, they had good news. They had good tidings of great joy. The angels brought unto them the news to the shepherds, but that news was not only for the shepherds, but it was for everybody. We see there in Luke 2.11, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. You know, we have a Savior. In closing tonight, we do have a Savior. And that was Christ the Lord, a Savior that wants to set us free, a Savior that can help us to prepare our hearts to be ready for the second coming of the Lord. We know this Savior of Christ the Lord was born in a manger. And later, we know that one day he will return. He will take us from this earth to heaven. We want to have our hearts prepared. We want to have our lamps trimmed and burning. God bless us as we go to prayer. Song 596 and the altars are open.